Good evening, day, morning, night, whatever the hell time you're tuning in. Welcome to the Potato Files. I'm here with my guest this week, the one and only international television juggernaut, the draw, festival favorite. What am I missing? King of Modesty. King of Modesty. Oh, and Pariah Carey as well. Pariah Carey, the one and only Hunter Collins. How are you today, sir? Good to be here. First time caller, never time listener. (laughs) Hey, don't worry. Nobody listens to the Potato (laughs) Files here on the Never Sleeps Network. Got to get that out there so I can get paid my... I think they're making us dinner out there. I don't know. I think that's what we're getting paid with. That's all right. (laughs) We're not getting any of that My ex-wife never did that for me. Oh, let's not get an ex-wife. Oh, boy. (laughs) What's the theme of your show? What do we do? The theme... I probably should have told you on the way here. uh, The theme of uh, my show is you okay you are the theme i'm gonna uh i'm gonna dissect you i'm gonna opening uh, up a file i am opening up a file pal <laughs> we are uh we're gonna find out what makes hunter collins tick oh shit yeah we're, we get real personal so um tell your mom to uh stop uh we're up to look 10 16 something viewers there well that's interesting okay it instantly Let's, dropped to nine once you pointed them I out know, i know <laughs> It, uh, it doesn't help mentioning that we're broadcasting live on Facebook when people are just listening to this and they're fucking aware of that. Nobody <laughs> listens to this. Anyway, let's get started. My name's Jeff Paul. I host this thing. And what it is, I bring in a guest every week and I just ask them all the questions I'm not allowed to ask them while we're just sitting drinking at the bar because uh, it would get weird there. <laughs> but you put a couple <laughs> microphones in front of us and I can ask how long Hunter Collins' flaccid penis is. <laughs> Flaccid? Flaccid. Measure right from your asshole, too. I don't even care. Flaccid, it's an innie. It's an innie? Yeah. <laughs> Grower, not a shower? Yeah, but it grows to, honestly, I'm not lying, 32 feet. 32 feet, eh? Yeah. It's at mostly girth, though, well, or is it yeah. a straight line, like just... Well, they're grasshopper feet. <laughs> it's like an extension cord. <laughs> Gotta fucking wind her up. <laughs> Flaccid? I don't know. Let's fucking measure her out right now. I'm doing it from the... What's that, flaccid? That's, that's not. That's nothing to brag about. That's, that's a good flaccid cock. That's like a four, <laughs> four inch flaccid. Anyway, let's get started. I buddy. am a girth man. You're a girth man. Girth Brooks. Girth Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your girlfriend is a. Uh, I don't want to call her lucky because. <laughs> She's she's trying to put up with you. That poor thing. <laughs> but you know, you show a girl a nice blue veiner once in a while. <laughs> it's surprising how long they stick around. If you, I, I find if you squeeze it at the base real tight, it gets real veiny real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like holding holding your breath and pushing against a blocked nose for dicks. <laughs> Anyway, well, welcome to the Never Sleeps Network. Here we're in uh, we're in the studio slash bedroom slash um, Alex's room. His girlfriend moved in, so we could just use this time to go through his uh, panty drawer if we want. Oh my god! <laughs> Sniffing through a man's panty drawer. <laughs> well, he he shares it with a woman now, That's so low. it's not totally gay. <laughs> it's kind of gay if you share your panty drawer with a woman. Maybe they have separate drawers. I don't know. I haven't looked around in this room yet. Maybe they swap. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? That's always a good joke. You ever wear women's underwear? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? If you're like um, on on your girl's shit list, 
Just fucking put on a pair of her underwear and prance into the room like it ain't no thing. You're fu- instantly back in her good yeah, graces. Yeah, that's, that's how you, you've tried this trick? Oh, yeah. You got four inches of flaccid cock just <laughs> m- mashed into that f- front bum zone. <laughs> I would and, just, uh, I would hang it out the side. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, too. Mine fits. <laughs> but yeah, and you turn around, you got the G-string up the butt there. The girls get a good laugh at that. I see, I see. Well, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. You were born and raised Montreal, Canada, Quebec. Not, br- not bragging. Not bragging, not bragging. The, uh, the the English side or French side, what do you, you speak both, but how were you raised? I was raised in an English-speaking home in a French neighborhood. Ah, what about school? Was it a French school? Went to a French school, yeah. So, yeah. I fit in quick because I learned the language young, mm-hmm. but uh, French kids gave me a bit of a hard time. English kids never... F- Fully took to me. There was an apprehension there, but so you're just somewhere in the middle, eh? Yeah. What about yeah. mom and dad? What were they doing? Uh, Saturday mornings, my dad would come out of the uh, bedroom and be like, ah, "Want some <laughs> breakfast? I just had a nice boink." <laughs> Which is a quote. What were they doing besides that? Uh, my parents worked together, and yeah. and they uh, have a etched glass business. They still have that business? They still have it, but my dad's Through the no, divorce? My dad's not really working there anymore. <laughs> he's still got his name on the deed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah his name's in the window. <laughs> but he's persona non grata. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, they my could, brother's uh, taken over. Uh, how many siblings you got? Seven. Fuck off. Yeah. Seven I'm siblings? The, I'm the second youngest. Are you kidding me? No, you didn't know that? No, I, I, I knew of two brothers, and, or no, one brother and two sisters, I think. There's myself, Hunter, my little brother, Holden Buckminster, and there's uh, Buckwheat, Alfalfa. Fucking asshole. Buster. <laughs> I don't know any of the other ones. This is going to be a lot easier if you're truthful when I ask you a question. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the second youngest of eight. My dad had four. That's eight now. Oh, wait, well, you I'm, the, yeah, yeah. I'm the seventh of eight. So, yeah, my dad had eight kids from four different women. Jesus. Yes. Uh, not Catholic, just irresponsible. <laughs> and uh, him and uh, your mom stuck it out? Like, uh, yeah, what? well, she was his last stand. Last stand? <laughs> yeah, and she had just myself and my little brother. Is there one sibling that's related to everyone? Because I got a buddy from back home. He was like, he was one kid out of four in the family, okay. but he was the only one related to every single sibling. Okay, yeah, well, we're all related to my dad. Okay. Yeah, so it's all my dad's doing. Okay. It's, okay. All, it's all dad jizz. <laughs> Dad's got a lot of jizz. You got- yeah, he still brags about being able to get it up. He's 75. <laughs> Is, uh, your dad's pretty open about uh, Like, yeah. did he really come out and say, just had a nice boy? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was too open. I would be a little more. Just fucked your mom. How do you want your eggs? <laughs> uh, with their hands washed before? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he was way too open. I would be less open with my kids. Yeah? Yeah. You uh, plan on having kids? Yeah, once I finally bag some uh, one-nighter Edmonton trash. <laughs> Stop in once a year to visit? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. The Stampeders jersey. Why are the Eskimos, Dad? Well, I like you. So you got a Stampeders. Like, who did you grow up with then? Like, I guess all those kids weren't in the house. Were they with their no. different moms? Well, three of my sisters lived in the country with their mom. And uh, I had another brother who grew up in Toronto and another sister who grew up in Oakland. You close to any of these guys now? or Yeah, you have them close to all most, of them? most of them. Most one's, of them? One's dead. What happened? Uh, my dad accidentally sat on him. 
No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he drowned young. Fuck, how young? Just over two? Two just and a half? two. Yeah. Older brother. Yeah, way older. I never met him. So you never met him? No, only only my eldest sister ever met him, and she was like one and a half when he died. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. Anything ever come from that? Like irresponsible parenting charges or anything? No, it was obviously an accident. Was it like in the tub or? It was in a um, friend's swimming pool. Ooh, a two-year-old yeah. in the pool. I remember I got taught how to swim by uh, my dad's buddy just grabbed me when I was two and hocked me, <laughs> me into the deep end. Like, sink or swim, kid. Jesus. Yeah. Soviet Ukraine style. <laughs> yeah, my dad was really Soviet paranoid. Ukraine. I said it was a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Sewage reservoir. Hey, get in. <laughs> Uh, I found a floating beat that I could <laughs> both float on and subsist on for the entire spring. No, my dad was real paranoid about the water for when we were kids too. So I had to wear water wings till I was 15. <laughs> you actually still wear those up at the cottage. <laughs> yeah. I'm just doing my mentally challenged character. <laughs> You'll notice I'm also wearing one Birkenstock and one flipper. <laughs> asking everyone to call me Andy. <laughs> That's what it was about. The dead brother the whole time. <laughs> I should have seen this. So who did you, uh, who's in your house then growing up? Mostly just my little brother. Yeah. And then on weekends, my three sisters would come down to the city and uh, yeah, we'd all party and watch a million VHS videos. Nice. And because like there was eight years difference between like myself and my eldest sister, like it was hard to find a, like, like a sort of common denominator movie wise. So we just watched everything. Like I saw... Faces of Death when I was seven. I was watching oh, Nightmare was on Elm Street when I was like four Eight or five. years difference with your oldest sister. So I guess the oldest brother was the one that died. Second oldest brother. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sorry. I have an older brother who's born, who will be 50 this year. And I'm 33. Oh, so the oldest. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was just like, was when you said your oldest sister was seven years older than you. Yeah. I was like, was he knocking out all these kids? Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> he knocked one out in between... <laughs> Like out of wedlock, hippie wedlock too. Yeah, was he? Uh, I guess he was a promiscuous man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, what about f- still with he's your full on lecherous? <laughs> um, <laughs> even with your mom, was it a like? Was he? Uh, was he a loyal man to your mom? No, 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 no. We all and we all know of these scandalous tales within the family, and I think sort of. We've all known about it young, too, so mm-hmm. it didn't take long to sniff out that our dad was full of shit, you yeah, know, and yeah, you yeah. could sort of. He sort of became almost like an infant to us early on, you know, so we had to keep him in check forever. He's just a fucking time bomb when you take him out in public everywhere. I've met him before. He he seemed like a, a good time kind of guy. Yeah, he's a good time if you not Was he related a good dad to him. Or great like, dad. Yeah? Yeah, great dad, bad husband. <laughs> and then, uh, so it's just you, a couple siblings yeah. growing up. Yeah, for the most part. So you were kind of like, you had older siblings, but you were still like the older brother yeah. because nobody was around. Right, which I think gave me a good systemic awareness. I was able to sort of, at times, make the uh, executive decision and also know when to be a subordinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about school growing up? Were you were you good in school or yeah, popular? Yeah. yeah, I was good in school. I was I was pretty popular up until like grade seven. Then I lost a bunch of clout somehow. I don't know what it was. Probably the jogging pants. 
<laughs> it took me real long to switch. You were that kid that wore jogging pants a couple years too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> hey, Hunter, we're in grade five now, man. Maybe you want to get some khakis. <laughs> get your favorite sports team up the leg. <laughs> Cut off khakis, it is. <laughs> All our jeans eventually became cutoffs, too. Were you, you weren't popular as a kid then because of the. Uh, no, the I was English. like, yeah, I was bees knees up until, like I said, grade seven. Then I had like three or four years of uh, dubious, dubiousness. But then I, uh, towards the end there, I got it back. Yeah. Gold, in. gold medalist badminton team that really <laughs> helped me rise to the top. Well, and what grade is this? You're playing badminton high school? Uh, grade 10, probably 10, 11. Really? We, it's different in Quebec. High school starts grade seven. Okay. And ends after grade 11. Our school actually had kindergarten through grade 11 at our school. So, oh, um, okay. And I went to the same school the whole time. Some people came and went, but yeah. it's fun. We had, it was an art school. We had arts every day. Um, what about academics? Were you uh, excelling? Yeah, yeah. I was a A student. And then uh, I, late high school, I just sort of zoned out. I, just, uh, I was happy being a B student, but mm-hmm. I just knew none of it mattered. I was going to fucking art school and sort of realized this the whole it's all just a scam to turn you into a hive ant wait you don't use you don't use calculus anymore (laughs) nah man man that's weird fucking roll calculus up and smoke it (laughs) no i just sort of like uh, i gave up the last year but i still got through fine and also like advanced math sucked i i I always took the bobo versions of everything bobo math we had a choice between like chemistry and biology as like let's do uh you know, lizards and human anatomy over fucking, I don't know, whatever you, whatever you do in chemistry. What about uh, sports growing up? Yeah, like I said, citywide, like, badminton, gold medalist. But I'm like, that's like school. I remember I yeah. used to play everything in school just to not have to go to school. Well, we played days. other schools. Yeah? Yeah. We had My high school really didn't have uh, any extracurricular sports by the time I was there because just budget cuts got us down enough. Oh, yeah? You never had da- uh, Team David playing Team Virgil? <laughs> um, well, in elementary school, we had, uh, we had a lot of uh, intramural sports. It was like I was in the Catholic system, so we had to play all the uh, oh, okay. Catholic schools from St. Catharines, the oh, big okay. city yeah, kids. Yeah. We never got to play our own and down in Niagara. Other than that, the only time you competed against like another team outside your school is when you beat up the one Asian guy who worked at A&W. <laughs> we fucked him up. Karate <laughs> my ass. <laughs> oh, man. What about... Uh, I played hockey growing up. Yeah. Like yeah. you played hockey from when you were... From when I was seven? Yeah. Yeah. That and was a lot of fun. Still playing today sometimes? I took, yeah, but I took a few. I was on a team up until a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. just I don't I don't have time to have a day of the week set for anything anymore. Yeah, I yeah. just like to be, uh, you know, let the wind blow me wherever I go a little <laughs> bit more. So it was just hockey, uh, like, outside of school? Like yeah, no, you know, no, I did, like, no one, baseball during the I did summer. one year of baseball, but awful, we played eh? for this garbage team. It's a really good organization called Sun Youth. They do a lot of charity work and they give like, it's like cheap to play for their teams, but because it's just a bunch of like weak, malnourished kids playing for the team, (laughs) we just get our asses beat. Like I've had multiple seasons where like of hockey, where we went 0 and 30. Jesus. Yeah. That's Like I've had two. Yeah, we had like, uh, because I played lacrosse, I remember before we knew how to play, like we were all late to the game coming. Yeah. So... 
it was just like novice was just starting in our, our age group and then uh, okay so we'd go play these other teams that they've been playing for mm. five years and then they're just kicking the shit out of us so it took to like peewee at least to right, actually right. be able to beat these teams but there's a lot to there's a lot to like you know um learn from that mm-hmm. you play against the best Hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I go to all the open mics with you, man. (laughs) You can beat me any night. (laughs) Um, It was fun, though. We had a deaf kid on our team. Like, this is like, and I played for another team. It's weird. It's weird. There there was a bit, I did feel like I was put on shittier teams because I was English. When I started playing for a French team, because Sun Youth was like an English team. So it was like always, a house league then, right? Yeah, 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 just pure house league. So I'd get pushed down in the shittier divisions, which was fun because I, you know, you could be better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and plus, the kids were a little more down to earth and less shitty and more multicultural and shit. Like we had one team. I swear, dude, it was like Captain Planet. We had one kid <laughs> who had emigrated to Canada from Rwanda after the genocide. His last name was literally Safari. <laughs> His name was Eric Safari. <laughs> Fucking sweet kid. Uh, we had uh, a girl on our team named Bridget, who it turns out years later, sometime after seven, uh, 9-11, uh, got charged with terrorism charges in Canada. Jeez. Yeah. So we had Bridget and Eric Safari. Are you guys still Facebook friends? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have Facebook in uh, the women's pen. <laughs> and um, But yeah, we had like a f- French kid from France. We had a uh, Middle Eastern kid. It's the United Nations of shitty hockey players. Yeah, eh? dude. I was the Anglo. And then we had this fucking deaf kid, Danny. And... He was just like a stay-at-home D because, you know, you can't, you're deaf. You can't really let much get past you. You, yeah. you want to be, you want to be facing the action. And, um, which I hear is why your deaf girlfriend wouldn't let you, let you fuck her from behind. Oh, um, <laughs> opening up old wounds, eh? Face to face. Um, John Steinberg had a great joke the other night about, uh, deaf hockey players. His buddy mm-hmm. went to deaf hockey camp. He goes, it's weird. Cause you know, when somebody drops your gloves, you don't know if they want to fight or trash talk. <laughs> well, it's, there's lots of complications. I had to tell the ref before the game, like, don't worry. Number 27 is deaf. I remember his number. And like, he'd be offside, but he didn't hear the whistle. And he'd like, He'd be thinking he was on breakaway and like the only sign that he, that he, like for him, the only way he would realize the play was dead was when the goalie would like in exasperation throw his arms up, be like, what the hell is going on? And he'd be like, oh, sorry. Little hearing aids floating in the wind. I guess those hearing aids weren't picking up that whistle. (laughs) She got a dog whistle out there. But I told you the story of the pep talk of Danny in the room, the dressing room. No, tell. Dude, man, we're at this one tournament between the second and third period. And you know how kids pump each other up and shit? Like all the kids are standing up and like, hey, we're down to go. We got to go out there and give it 110% in the third period. We're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And another guy goes, we make sure when the D pinches, we got to send a winger back there to cover for him. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Danny, the deaf kid, goes, I was just going to say, we And then there was like a fraction of a second of silence. Everyone's pretty weirded out. And then the goalie just pipes up and goes, nah, Danny, that'll never work. That and is one of my like top top five things that's happened to me in real life. That's great. Uh, Podcasts are a sanctuary to make fun of the deaf. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a true story, man. (laughs) Verbatim. And my deaf girlfriend actually enjoyed it from behind, but um, (laughs) wanted to do it in front of a mirror. 
She wanted me texting back. <laughs> Morse code on my ass when you're ready. <laughs> Three taps means it's coming. <laughs> Just give her the old SOS. Uh, lovely gal, lovely gal. Nice girl. Um, what about uh, what about were you a ladies man? Uh, I, when I, I just mean, start crushing that puss, Hunter. When I start, I lost my virginity at sixteen on a- April twenty ninth, two thousand. I think that's Steph Chrissy's birthday. April oh. 29th, maybe I don't know. You know, in two thousand nine, I had a nice. Um, I guess in two uh, two thousand ten, I. At my 10-year anniversary, celebrated it alone. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. After that, yeah, I had, I've had steady girlfriends pretty much my whole life. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Like, what? when did the steady girlfriends start? In high school? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, at the end of high school. End of high school. Yeah, so last, my, like, in grade 11. Okay. Yeah, I had a what, girlfriend in Montreal throughout uh But you get laid C-Jep. at 16 for the first time. That's yeah. in high school. Yeah, well, it doesn't count if you finger yourself, right? <laughs> no, no, that because, counts. Oh, then 12. <laughs> 12. <Okay. laughs> hey, look, Dad, it fits. <laughs> I told you it would, kid. <laughs> what do you want for breakfast? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> We're all having boinks. <laughs> what do you want for breakfast? <laughs> Wash your hands and chop the peppers, son. <laughs> You're a man now. You still close with your parents? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What's it like after the uh, divorce? After my, pa- my parents split up. When did they split? Like two years ago? Uh, a, y- a year and a- Yeah, a year ago, August. Yeah. Where my mom finally had enough. And as a grown man, how did you take this? It's just weird. It's weird. It's just, really, it's just strange. I think it, I think it was hot, um, long overdue. I don't think they're good for each other. It's, uh fucking partners anymore you know well i know when like because my parents split i was grade eight going into grade nine and i was like when it happened i'm like oh thank fucking god you know like yeah, it was just yeah. a long time coming yeah i was just worried for my uh, useless old man i'm not worried about my mom she's capable and fit and strong my dad's like completely mental yeah, but he's, he's a business 75. owner he's <laughs> not allowed to show up but those nice kickbacks yeah <laughs> I do, uh, speaking of not allowed to show up to your own business, uh, growing up in Niagara, Hugh Molson of the Molson family. Yeah. Um, he's got to be dead by now. This back in the 90s, he'd be uh, just stalking around the bars, just wasted all the time. Wow. And he'd like show up from like the nice hotels in Niagara with, uh, he'd have like stolen towels because he was just at like the Pillar and Post Spa. Okay. <laughs> he'd like show up at the bar with a stack of stolen towels. But he'd always just have like thousands of dollars on him. Wow. And, um, <clears throat> One night he was uh, bitching. Uh, he, he's like, I'm pretty sure a stripper stole 11 grand out of my wallet last night. I'm like, why don't you go back there? He goes, because uh, he's like, I was too drunk. I can't I can't be sure. <laughs> he's like, I could have lost it at the casino. Jesus. But yeah, this Hugh Molson, he wanted, to, uh, he wanted to sponsor me to run for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Fuck, you met the mayor in Niagara like oh, last week. He, it's a full-time uh, job. <laughs> you got to be everywhere. He's shaking hands, kissing babies. <laughs> Fuck. Hitting on the locals, <laughs> laughing at my period sex jokes. <laughs> mayor uh, duties. He's uh, he's a good mayor. Good good man. A good mayor. <laughs> High school ends. Yeah, you know you're uh, bound for art school. Yeah, I go to school for cinema. Do cinema? two years at CJEP, which is like mandatory college after high school in Quebec. It's two years usually, sometimes three if you're doing a trade. What is C- Sorry, C-Jep. explain this to me. It's C E G E P. I don't know what it stands it's for. Mandatory college. Yeah, so it's just an extension of high school. 
Yeah, but it's in a college setting and it's like, you know, di- different timetable, like uh, t- timetables, I guess, mm-hmm. schedules and all that. Um, and this, do you have to do this before you go to college, like a real yeah, college or you, university? You can't go to a, a university in Quebec without doing CJEP if you did high school in Quebec. Okay. And it does prepare you well for post-secondary, you know, like when I came to Toronto after that to just do another college diploma for comedy, like all the kids like didn't know how to just be autonomous, you know, so it does set you up nicely and it's like, it's free. It's also free college education. It's mm-hmm. fucking, it's be like going to Humber for free. It's yeah. not like you're going to fucking, uh. Some specialized, McGill. yeah, like MIT. Oh, I forgot to ask about uh, religion in your family. Was there any? Oh, yeah. When I was young, 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 I'm not even kidding. My dad was like, don't worry, Hunter, there is no God. <laughs> yeah? Go out there and get your dick wet. Because that's, that's a joke you use. Yeah. yeah. But I was like probably 11 or 12. <laughs> Just go get your dick wet. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't warn you about AIDS or anything? You <laughs> <laughs> didn't call it AIDS. He called it, uh, he'd say... Uh, you know, be careful. You don't want to come home with the case of the crotch crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like, open with him once you started having sex? Like, no. No, uh, it's his weird, gross thing. Because yeah, I uh, I remember um, my dad had to have this weird talk with me when uh, my stepmom started, uh, before they were married, she started spending the night. And he's like, that... Uh, that doesn't uh, bother you, does it? You know, like he doesn't, <laughs> didn't know how to talk to me. And I was like, oh, whatever, man. I'll just start bringing girls home. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And like he, uh, I, I, I think. Then he, you brought the girls home and he looked at him. He's like, God damn, Jeff, have some respect for yourself. Oh, dude, there was some girls like, because uh, man, I worked nights. He'd always come home like uh, Saturday mornings. Like he'd get home about. Your dad's a bread man, right? Yeah, yeah. Delivering the bread all night. So Jesus. he'd get home like uh, nine or 10 in the morning on a Saturday. And there was like. Some girls that um, I would parade past him, <laughs> but there was other girls. I'm like, I got to get you out of here. I'm like, I don't want my dad to see me doing this. <laughs> Let me usher you past security. <laughs> but I remember like walking through the kitchen with a girl one time and just like behind her back pointing to my dad and like had that smile on my face. And he just looked at me like just so <laughs> disappointed in the person I was. <laughs> She's like, what is wrong with you? Just looking at you like, oh, he's his mother's son. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, uh, I don't think me and my dad were ever really, I think that's the closest we actually ever got to talking about sex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Winking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we had no religion. We had born agains in our family. Like there are a couple of like, uh, two of my mom's siblings were like, uh, substance abusers of sorts, drunks and cokeheads. So they found God. So they're probably better off, but it was still a fucking chore for us, you know? Yeah. Every goddamn Christmas getting a different Bible. <laughs> we used to do Christmas. That's the only time we'd ever go to church. Yeah. And then once I got my own license, started driving myself, sometimes I'd show up at the end of church and just stand at the back and like let my grandma see me on her walk out, you know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. It means a lot to these people. It's crazy. My, dad, my dad's never imposed religion on us it was like a couple months after my cousin died young we uh we found jesus but uh jesus didn't have anything we were looking for so yeah and that was like the time i became jesus uh, got old quick. yeah like i became a I, I became an altar boy in that time because i'm like i was 10 years old and like my big cousin dies you know oh. i'm just like what's life all about and then um yeah it's uh, there's no answers there <laughs> <laughs> All no. a fucking fraud. And I never even got touched. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Jesus is the most fucking overrated dude in history. Yeah, he uh, he swindled a lot of people. Yeah. He did all right for himself. Does us one solid, like what? <laughs> like 150 years yeah. ago or whatever. Uh, what year like is it? A couple thousand. <laughs> so, like, sometime in like the Dies 1800s. for all our sins. Who yeah. gives a shit, okay? Yeah. Get over what? yourself. I fucking do designated driver for people. I hook it up. <laughs> no one celebrates my birthday. <laughs> Oh, the sacrifice I'm making for you guys. Not having... Well, I'm going to have a few drinks, (laughs) but not getting completely smashed and driving everyone home. Not getting another DUI for you assholes. Yeah, let's talk about that DUI. When was that? That was 2008. 2008? Yeah. So I... It was a a comedy uh, road gig or... I was living in Lucan, Ontario. I did six months living in Lucan. We were supposed to Where's go on a Lucan? tour with my band. It's like 20 minutes outside of London, Ontario. Oh, this is where Craig lives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we're supposed to go on this cross-country tour. The whole thing was a wash. Canceled it. So, I got on EI for, excuse me, six, eight months. It's pretty depressed living in Craig's basement. And Craig's brother wanted me to come to this party with him. I was like, nah, nah. Then he like forgot the keys to the car. He's like, come on, you sure? I was like, nah, nah, I'm not coming. Then he forgot his gloves. He's like, I forgot my gloves. Are you sure you don't want to come? I was like, ah, fine, I'll come. (laughs) So you drove this guy's car over? and Yeah, this other guy drove. We all drove to Grand Bend and just fucking like chugged whiskey and uh, got super high. And then we were supposed to sleep at this guy's place. And then his mom had a a wig out. And she was like, no one's staying here. So we were kind of dicked. So we went for pizza, ate pizza. I had like his video camera on me. And I was like, the cops came, like shut down our bonfire. And I was like screaming, fuck the police and everything at them. Like just flagrant. I was like, there's nothing you can do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there is. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I was older than all these guys. I was like, I'll drive the car. I did feel fine, you know? So I'll drive the car and then uh, sure enough, got pulled over for cramming like seven guys in a five-seat Pontiac. <laughs> I blow over. Then the, they got me cuffed, dragging me into the police station. The one cop's there. Fuck the police, huh? <laughs> 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 they fucking... I do my mugshot and everything. I'd like to get my hands on my mugshot because I was like... It's got to be public record. Yeah, it must be, eh? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you find that. But I had like basically the same haircut I have now. Well, not when I had like a brush cut, but with one strand like this length, Jesus. the Chelsea. God, you were an asshole, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I think I was wearing like a Rowdy Roddy Piper t-shirt and shit and just like my life is over face, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that mugshot. It'd be harrowing. So, yeah, they throw me in the drunk tank and it's like full of dudes in there for like assault charges with open wounds and shit. <laughs> And uh, was it one big cell? One big cell, yeah. Because anytime I went to jail in St. Catharines, individual cells. That's nice. Yeah. These giant dudes were going around and like winding up fake punching the people who are sleeping. <laughs> so I always tell everyone like my plan was just to sit back against the bars and fake chew to look tough. <laughs> so I just start chewing nothing. Because like, you got any gums? Like, nah, man, I'm out. <laughs> just got this tongue. <laughs> My dentist told me the other day that I chew the inside of my mouth or inside of my cheek. Ah. You ever do that? I, sometimes I bite down on it accidentally. No. If I'm eating an extra good churro. I didn't even notice. He was just like, hey, you're doing this. I was like, oh, I didn't know. He goes, stop doing it. 
Okay, so now it's in my head every time. Oh, uh, well, that is a nervous habit. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it must be because it reminds you of ham. <laughs> Tender. Mm. <laughs> put a little, I should put a little mustard on that. Like there already isn't mustard in my mouth. <laughs> the Jeff Paul is highly specialized salivary glands that secrete mustard and whenever his libido skyrockets. Oh, that would be nice, eh? Preposterous, the band. Yeah, man. And when he uh, would g- just give me the lowdown on this band. The band, my band, Preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were a two-man metal band. <laughs> I was on the drums. My buddy Craig would sing and play guitar. And we just wanted to raise a scare at every show we did. So we did a lot of, like, stunts. How many gigs did you guys get? Oh, more than I could count. Yeah, like, you, you were hundreds. actually out there fucking rocking for a yeah, while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. years of gigs. is this going? Dude, probably four or five years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get played on the edge and shit. Barry Taylor would hook it up and play us on his show Punkorama. <laughs> that was always cool. We didn't tour much outside of Ontario. It's like doing stand-up. You know, you're lucky if you get some gigs out west or anything, you know? so But it was fun. I learned a lot about stage presence and just being confident on stage because I think it's a little more vulnerable, you know, drumming with your shirt off. Yeah, and then uh, mixing a... Uh a pitcher of concentrated juice up while <laughs> you like that movie eh? <laughs> we just find vanity moves like just weird shit i could do just tape sparklers to my drumsticks and shit <laughs> we'd get the light sky to turn the lights off and then we'd crack glow sticks all over ourselves and come out like these glow-in-the-dark swamp monsters i'd get, pretend to give birth to a baby behind the drum kit <clears throat> it'd be all bloody and we let the crowd name it how were um, they, how were, what was the reaction of the crowds? Like, did they like you? Were they India? Because it's... Yeah, usually. I mean... You're crazy it's, punk fucking rockers just doing weird shit. Yeah, I mean, when you're young, I think your friends come out to a lot more of your shows. So, we did have a lot of friends at our shows. Mm-hmm. You know, as time went on, like, we'd play the fucking, the legendary Red Rooster Tavern in Burlington, Ontario. And it's just <laughs> a bunch of people there who want to eat chicken fingers and you're just rocking punk music out yeah and people like clap after songs because i think they're conditioned to and Mm -hmm. i didn't like that nature of the art i want to earn my reaction whether it's a i don't care if it's booze yeah i want it to be an honest connection between myself and the crowd so that's why music didn't stick for me i didn't it was uh i felt you're you're just there at the mercy of social cues how old are you when this band's going on 21 to 20 Seven, I guess. Okay. And yeah. you start doing stand up when? How Before. Old I was thinking I was 19 when I first did a stand up set. And then I got into sketch comedy a bit more. I just saw how good stand ups were and it was intimidating. Like when I started, like I would watch a John Steinberg and be like, well, I'm never going to be that good. Yeah. You know? Well, that was what held me back from actually jumping in, like <clears throat> yeah. seeing how yeah. good people are. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, I'm never going to be good enough to be on those stages. So Mm -hmm. why am I going to take this serious? And then, I don't know, maybe I'm still not good enough to be on those stages. (laughs) Well, you're working. Yeah. I'm I'm working some stuff out. (laughs) (laughs) You're up to like 16 potato files. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. uh, I switched to sketch. Because I felt it was a bit of a more of a natural fit for me, and then the, a local troupe called the Sketchersons usurped half our troupe, not me. What was your first sketch troupe? It was called Late Night Gigan. Who who who's in this with you? Uh, Josh Saltzman, Graham Chittenden, Will Weldon, Desiree Lavoy, AJ Fry, who hosts on uh, Inner Space now on Space Channel. 
Laura Silovitz, Cole Osborne. It's a big troop. Yeah, yeah. It was a big troop. But it was it was a lot of fun and that too I sort of learned was this to like all go after a bit more. Humber? Yeah. <clears throat> this was after Humber and uh it was great because it was like like Jewish community sketch troupe. Like they're all like fucking what nepotists. So like they'd get all their fucking Jew pals out to these shows and just <laughs> pat and I had like a serious thing for Jewish girls. And um so it'd just be like this crowd of girls with pretty hair and homely dudes loving the show. Nice. Um so that was a lot of fun. But then once the Skechersons took half our troop, I just started doing sketch alone on like yuck yuck stages. And then that became my stand up styling. When did uh, your sketch troop third class come into that it? That actually predates late night gig. And it was just something we did on and off here and there. And you, O'Gorman and Vince? Yeah, me, O'Gorman, Vince, fucking Nick Beaton was doing it for a while. Cal Post, a girl named Virginia we went to school with who's, who never pursued it, but it's like one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, and we called it third class because we were the third, there was like three classes in our Humber year, the, you know, one class, two class, three, and we were just the third one and like the double entendre, I suppose, because mm -hmm. we're filthy pigs. Yeah, you are. You, uh, you'd be at the uh, bottom level of the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big time. <laughs> be shoveling coal. <laughs> <laughs> but we're playing the fiddle and raw dogging. <laughs> so when do you make the uh, switch to stand up? Well, the, the Skettersons take my, have my troop away. And they leave me there like the fucking, the guy in 30 Days of Night who doesn't get his blood sucked out by the vampires. They leave him to be a slave. Why me? Why not me? Yeah, I just started doing stand-up there. What year, I, is, what year is this? 2000, this is like 2007. Okay. And um, yeah, so I do like bits where I'd sort of, I'd bring um, a sketch, like print it out on stage and just get an audience member to come read the sketch with me and... In the sketch, they would go off off book and just start confessing their love for me. And I keep trying to wrangle them back into the sketch, but they keep <laughs> insisting my body is lettuce and they want to make a boner salad and stuff like that. And I miss doing stuff like that, you know, breaking the mold a little well, bit. Fucking, who's stopping you? Exactly. That's you, why you I grew up stuff. on stage with a goddamn snake puppet. For yeah, God's but sake. that's why I do stuff like that. Because yeah. I like string and I do my, I bring a projector up and do like, projection bit sketches and stuff yeah, no i've seen it and it's all good and it's yeah. uh, it's very unique and it's very you and uh right. it's not stand-up but it's comedy yeah. yeah yeah and there's uh there's good reaction yep sometimes there's it's no jokes. reaction <laughs> <laughs> i think i don't think kobe's ready for the big stage <laughs> kobe had it got it rough in edmonton i tell you <laughs> was it better than when i got you to do about uh, the downtown yuck yucks Kobe oh. the Cobra, the snake pun master. Uh, it wasn't, I think it was a little worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right when you were It was all right. Yeah. They're just like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, fuck the underground. They, uh, they, they love Kobe. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> Potheads and snake puns. Yeah. They're just like, oh, fuck that snake's talking, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking at the snake puppet directly in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> not looking past the guy who's not even trying to be a ventriloquist. Like, <laughs> Clearly talking over the snake. <laughs> like, oh, look at that snake go. <laughs> yeah, Kobe the Cobra has uh, opened a lot of doors for Hunter Collins. I'm going to open for Kobe one day. You watch. <laughs> oh, guys, you're going to enjoy your headliner. It's uh, it's it's me with a puppet. <laughs> I'm going to do 45. I love how wacky and creative you are. Like, it's one of the... I don't know, one of your charming... Well, thanks, buddy. Fucking whatever here. It's, it's what makes you entertaining. 
Good. I hope I hope so, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or we could just be setting you up for failure. I don't know. <laughs> Old Pariah Carey gets no love from the industry. Yeah, I don't but know. I think the whole world should watch the Tiger McJackson series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's so well done and horrible. Like, not horribly done, but just it's made to be cheesy. Yes. And you hit the mark every time. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> not like we we watched uh, The Running Man in the theater last night. Oh, fuck. That was so fun. How many lines was he dropping? <laughs> oh, some of those are brutal. Like, he sets a guy on fire and goes, what a hothead. Yeah. <laughs> First, before he set him on fire. Want a light? <laughs> and then blows the guy up. What a hothead. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he calls Dynamo Lighthead Christmas tree. <laughs> and then just like another dumb one, like Light Man or something like that. <laughs> what was the... Uh, well, he was Sub-Zero, now... Plane zero. zero. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah. And then low fives his fellow running man about it. <laughs> uh, I want to turn it into a show, man. Tiger, I tell you, man. It's I think Tiger McJackson would be a great, I think it'd be a great cartoon. Just yeah, you keep saying the cartoon angle. Well, the it's hard car- to get cartoons made. I know, but the, the cartoon angle is there's no budget. Right. Like, you can go anywhere, be anything. Yeah, that's true. And that's the beauty of a cartoon. We could take them international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We In the Himalayas and do <laughs> Himalaya puns. Exactly. And you don't have to, uh, you know, just be stuck at the cottage with Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I like Urban Tiger, though. I think it could work. Yeah, Urban Tiger. Which anyway, for anyone watching at home still, um, on Facebook Live, I think we're down to, what's that, say five viewers? Mm-hmm. It's an all-time low. (laughs) I think, actually, that's uh, your same ratings from when you were on uh, Video on Trial. (laughs) You mean my glory days? (laughs) My glory days. Oh, fuck. That shit was great. What what year was that? 09. 09. So I had uh, just met you. I met you in like 08, and uh, I was just hanging around, not really doing much. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then I started seeing you on TV. I was like, that's the guy I lent my movie to. <laughs> <laughs> Video on trial. I guess it's, uh, I don't know, a lot of comics got their uh, got their TV start there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at what it did for, you know, Deborah Giovanni, Nikki Payne. Mm-hmm. It worked Trevor out for Boris. them. Yeah. I got, like with everything, I always get in late. I always get in on the downswing. Yeah. But still, I had a good uh, four, four, five, four years, five seasons on the show. Mm-hmm. 40 episodes. Yeah, I don't think they make TV there anymore. No. No, it's, no. It's uh, I, I work for that company, and it is crumbling. They just relay TV from other stations. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all there's money for now. Yeah. But soon enough, those stations aren't going to have the money to produce. Where no. it's, a, it's a weird world where Netflix now is king, and that's what people, yeah. people want to get their shit on Netflix, and it's like... HBO and all that's still hanging on, but like network yeah. TV, it's no. it's on its way out. Yeah. And like, because I work for CTV and even this year we weren't allowed to air Canadian commercials during the Super mm. Bowl. Like we we couldn't take over the American feed anymore. Wow. And that's pretty much, that would pay everyone's salary for the year. Right. And so the oh. CRTC was like, no, you're not allowed to do that anymore. So I don't think anyone would have tuned into the Canadian feed if they know you've got the American feed with the American commercials, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I didn't check the ratings after the Super Bowl. Do you have access to the ratings? Uh, usually they send out a, a thing to say, okay. hey, we did, like, 
But it's usually they send out a, a, a company-wide email if things were good, and we didn't hear shit uh, this okay, year. Yeah. Like uh, after a couple of years ago when uh, the hockey hockey playoff, uh, not playoffs, the uh, Team Olymp- Canada. Olympics. Yeah, it was in the gold. It went to overtime, and Sid, uh, Sid scored. It was like... Great that, Canadian moment. Yeah, He's that was like so the, much for our country. That God was like the most watched thing ever on Canadian TV. Whoa. So like we, we got told about that the next day. Okay. Like, oh, we did it. But now it's like, I think a few Super Bowls ago we got on notice, but now mm. nobody's tuning in. So, and it's Jeez. like TV's a, it's, it's a tough racket with PVRs and yeah. uh, just online streaming, everything. So you just got to figure out new ways to make money. But now it's going to like, everything will just turn into product placement and yeah. Like shit like that. Like a bad yeah. guy's like, I'm going to blow your fucking head off with this Smith and Wesson. <laughs> <laughs> the new Adidas gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show sponsored by Adidas guns. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a weird way we're going. So you know what? Maybe you got off video on trial just in time. Uh-huh. <laughs> the writing was on the wall. Did it, did you end with the show or did they just phase you out and keep the show going? They basically ceased production of the show as we knew it and repackaged it into like a strange clip sketch show with a new cast, a cast of new faces. Mm -hmm. And um, I am happy to report... Like I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever be able to say this, but I was on video on trial when it was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> you were on video on trial when it was better. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had good ratings. That was the highest rated uh, original programming on the network. It was the only original program on the network. <laughs> Much more music. We've got one, video on trial. One girl, then... five gays, suck it. Pants off, dance off, could suck it. Dance off. <laughs> what was that? Keys of the VIP. Who made that? Remember that? Oof, no, that's before my time. It was just like, uh, just a bunch of fucking douchebags with uh, frosted tips trying to pick up girls. Okay. Just assholes. That still happens in uh, Yuck Yucks Hamilton every weekend. <laughs> There's no girls to pick up at Yuck Yucks <laughs> Hamilton. No, they're all taken. <laughs> another Another nice Yuck Yucks club just hanging on by a thread. Yeah, well, they switched the shows to 9 p.m. now. They're doing pretty good. Uh, the Friday show at 9 p.m. is a uh, is a very smart idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then, uh, but yeah, we lost Niagara Falls. <sighs> Mississauga is uh, going into... Yeah. Uh, a metamorphosis? Yeah. That, Mississauga, that was like... That's the one club that's been there since... Like, like the Russell Peters days. Yeah, that club opened there, and it's been in that little strip mall forever. <clears throat> used to be a six show weekend, I heard. Yeah, I imagine those days, huh? Mm-hmm. 80 bucks a pop <laughs> to raise a family on money like that. You didn't get your raise yet? You guys got raises? <laughs> uh, what was Humber like for uh, comedy school? Like, what do they actually teach you? In okay, there? a lot of people shit on Humber, <clears throat> but I think it's just because no one fucking helped them in their life. And they're, it's so helpful. Program's great. First of all, it's just like it's multidisciplinary, right? Like you, the I read the syllabus online, and it was I saw like courses named stand up, sketch, improv, improvisation, physical comedy, you know, history of comedy, and I like fell, in, I was like fell in love. So I was like, oh, I'm moving to Toronto. Fuck it. And uh, basically, it's like an a t- intensive workshop five days a week. Like I don't know how you think you can't learn from that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the program doesn't profess to be able to make anyone funny, but it'll help you get funnier if you do apply what you pick up from both your teachers and your classmates. Like, does it teach you how to like work on the road stuff like that? Yeah, I mean the stand up <laughs> the stand up class was funny and practical, and because our the teacher Larry Horowitz was a nefarious man on the road, mm-hmm. you know, um, not a joke thief from what I understand, <laughs> but you know, he would try to you know get your gigs away from you and Jesus. tell the office if you did shit on a gig and and he's just now running that or he's working for the program yeah and he is a good tea he's he imparts all his sly <laughs> if you can steal a gig steal a gig ways. yeah <laughs> but we had like here's here's something that is practically applicable like we had uh writing customized writing exercises so we do a workshop in stand-up class where you we'd have to do uh write a roast for you know a friend you know and he'd give, he'd give you a a sheet with all the info on them so you write jokes about that then you do a roast for a 50th wedding anniversary so different tone then you would do uh writing jokes from the newspaper we'd all get newspapers and we'd write jokes for leno and then we do another one where we have to write jokes for conan you know so the different mm-hmm. time slot and how that would affect yeah. and then we everyone would critique the jokes and be like oh that's probably a bit too racy for that or um so that was good uh, education you know was there a course on like uh like just to prepare you for the road well in in stand like diet nutrition shit like that because yeah i mean larry would have his tricks he's there's the old legend of how he teaches you how to make sloppy joe out of a coffee maker <laughs> or boil an egg on a fucking light bulb and shit uh how to iron your shirts using a, a pepsi bottle full of hot water um <laughs> So, yeah, there's stuff like that. But, you know, you taught you how to draw up an invoice, you know, how to follow up and get recommendation letters from corporate clients if you're working independently and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was a lot to be gained from that. And then not to mention all the great sketch teachers. And they they keep improving the curriculum. Like we had one class called Voice, which was boring for a bunch of cynical comedians who think all this, like, preparation is bullshit. We're all just going to, like, grow up to put fucking beer and nachos in our bodies anyways. And she's you know, telling us to drink lemon water and stuff. So they cut that course straight up because after like the students just panned it universally. Now they have more like media production stuff, you know, or like uh, script writing classes, how to have, get a writing package together. Make a viral video. <laughs> <laughs> Step one. <laughs> and, the, and, the st- and the faculty is really uh they, they all work in the business you know like we have they've had saturday night live alumni sctv alumni working there and then even you know a guy like eric toth who was in the sketch group the imponderables who've you know they're local legend you know and they have a lot to impart and i think the kids are in good hands all right what uh you, you mentioned voice you uh too you know uh are a co-owner of a voiceover company yeah, yeah, I have a, uh, a partnership with a buddy of mine out of a studio called Post Office Sound in beautiful Liberty Village. Our, what would <clears throat> Post Office Sound Studio look like in comparison to the Never Sleeps Network bedroom? <laughs> uh, there's one less bed. <laughs> uh, people don't call you while you're in the booth <laughs> and uh, also the studio owner's wife isn't in the middle of uh, making a nice lasagna <laughs> it's a nice nice proper studio you guys are getting uh, some good work out of it though yeah it's, it's slowed it's always slow yeah, it's fucking a website you know? and stuff but our, our 
our uh, company is called Voice Club, and um, we've just been getting work to local comedians and um, giving them some experience in the booth. You know, people who I don't think otherwise would have had much uh, training or experience doing that. So it's been fun putting money into the pockets of the local scene. And it uh, it helps your bilingual too for uh, some of these voiceovers. Get oh some, yeah, uh... for sure. I get tons of French work. I'm with another agency right now, so good, good. And you were—it's helping you. You were able to relinquish your show to Young Andrew Barr. Yeah, man. Third class Thursdays, Third class. eight years at Vapor Central. Four oh. of them great. That was—I uh, remember the great years. Wasn't that cool? <clears throat> yeah, when I when I first started came when I came onto the scene, fucking eighty to one hundred twenty people packed in there, mm-hmm. cracking up, listening. Yeah, and I remember I'd, I'd host for you, just walk out of there with just a fucking wad of cash yeah bills. everyone yeah everyone you're paying everyone and then yeah. like it was like fake money we'd go like spend our money on half price chicken wings yeah like we were fucking <laughs> the molson guy at the casino <laughs> we're all hugh molson for a night <laughs> <laughs> bucket fourth pound for the table <laughs> That was currency. <laughs> I do love a good wing trade at the Crown and Dragon, though. Oh, yeah. Isn't that like, nice? Like 12 comics sitting around, and everyone's got different wings, and it's just a nice I, little... I had seven friends there the other night. I had seven different wings. Mm-hmm. One of each. Fuck it. It's great. Yeah. Variety is a spice of life. Mm-hmm. Keeps, yeah, keeps me uh, thinking there's something better out there. <laughs> there's always something better. <laughs> Where's your stand-up these days? Where, like, are you, are you still in love with it? Yeah, I think I'm going to try to play to my strengths a little more and um, stop denying the uh, evil animal inside me and just go (laughs) full heel. I don't know. It's... Well, it was fun. Like uh, uh, last week when we were at the the Icebreakers Comedy Festival. Great festival. Happens end of January every year. Um, You did your your, your CBC-friendly show and uh, you... You you did the job. Yeah. You got it across. Yeah, yeah. And I could see you were visibly distraught by it. <laughs> um, but then when we uh, we turned the radio off and did the uh, the No Holes Barred show, you uh, you were you. And fucking, yeah. you, you definitely had the set of the whole weekend. Oh, so. thanks, buddy. That's heartwarming. Jesus. That's why they, uh, that's why they call you a festival favorite. <laughs> and I think, I don't know, like, I don't know why... Why hold back on that stuff, you know? Jason Rouse can't be Jason Rouse if he's not doing what he does, you know? And I think also, like, even someone like a Maria Bamford isn't going to try to be a hard-hitting comedian. It just wouldn't fit. So, I think um, I should just, I should try to, the movie The Fantastic Mr. Fox is really good for that, where it just, it's sort of, I feel the underlying allegories that you got to find a way to make your inner animal work for you, so... Mm-hmm. You know, if you're some fluttering little finch, then yeah, let that be your uh, raison d'être. But I think I'm just more of a fucking ornery badger. Yeah, man, you're uh, one of the funniest fucking guys I know, and <laughs> you're the you're the reason I do what I do. So <laughs> it's weren't... my fault. Well, it was a, a good pep talk for our listening audience at home. I was, uh, I, I, I really was, uh, you know, Johnny come. Lately in the uh, stand-up game, didn't really jump in, didn't really uh, give two shits. I'd show up every couple months and uh, mm. say 10 minutes of jokes and then tell 12 girls that I'm a stand-up comedian to try and finger-bang <laughs> them in the bathroom. And uh, Mr. Collins here sat me down. He read me the riot act, said, uh, you know, shape up or fucking get the hell out of our way, man. Can't just show up and uh, yeah. can't just show up every couple months and think you're a comic. You got uh, yeah. to go be a comic. 
So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to go be comics. Oh, yeah, buddy. How'd you, how, how'd you like the uh, your first experience in the potato files? Oh, <clears throat> I feel really exposed and vulnerable right now. <laughs> the potato ate me. Uh, I'll bring you back sometime. I'll dig a little deeper. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, I, uh, There's some evils. I know, I know. I didn't want to. Deep in there. I didn't, I, I didn't want to bring it all out. <laughs> I, I could talk to you for hours, but uh, nobody's going to listen any longer than this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's um, talk about Sarajevo next time. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the people where they can find you just online? Because I don't know how long these things take to get out. So if the, you tell tell everyone you're in Vaughn next week, yeah, uh, well now that we're going to listen to this four months from now. Where the fuck is <laughs> now that we're up to eight eight nine viewers? I will say uh, you can find me at uh, Hunter underscore Collins on Twitter, and my website's huntercomedy.com. It's all there. Just go to huntercomedy.com and uh, find them on Instagram. All that fun stuff, and uh, yeah, look for them in the yuck yuck clubs uh going around if uh you know we all survive the layoffs after this uh company's uh been sold oh right we'll see what happens eh it, so it's official i don't know anything oh, okay. man it i'm sure by the time this podcast makes it out there it'll probably be official <laughs> and we will all bow down to our new leader oh fuck <laughs> I hope it isn't Bullard who bought it. <laughs> it's Mike Bullard. He's uh, he's making a comeback. <laughs> Meet the new boss, Stephen Harper. Oh no! Uh, but yeah, this uh, this has been a nice little uh, relaxing episode of the Potato Files. We didn't get too crazy. We didn't. Uh, I'm calm. I'm perfectly yeah, calm. I'm perfectly calm, dude. Just calm uh, um, it's nice to get to know you a little more, Hunter. Calm You've been you one are. of my best friends in this, and uh, and you mine. And uh, yeah, it's been fun knowing you, and now I. Finally know that you have six siblings Alive. living, one dead. <laughs> <laughs> you should play that dead brother card up a lot more. <laughs> I got a brother who's dead, man. <laughs> must be hard for you. I, was I actually... can use the N-word, all right? <laughs> a dead brother, you stupid. <clears throat> so, of course, this has been another episode of The Potato Files. Look for Hunter Collins uh, on all your socials and all that stuff. We are on the Never Sleeps Network here. We lost two viewers after we, I dropped the end. We lost two viewers on Facebook Live. That's okay. And then uh, I'm Jeff Paul. Find me at uh, Jeff Paul Comedy on all the socials. And you can find me every Wednesday night hosting Dope and Mike Comedy at Toronto's famed underground comedy club. Check it out every Wednesday. It's the best. Best we show in town. Fucking A. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production. Executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 